Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 28th episode of the Believe in the Long Run podcast series. I am your host, Dom Santino. Seems like it's been a little while, just over a week or two since our last podcast. I've I've had quite a few things come up, and I wish I would have got this up a little bit earlier, but busy schedule, and so rather just get it up than not get it up at all. So glad that we're finally getting this recorded and going to get this up online, and we have another great guest in with us this week. We want to thank Chris one more time for joining us, what is now two weeks ago, I believe, to get on the podcast and and talk about Brooks and this program that he's got going on there as a Brooks guru and his interesting job. Once again, we want to promote our social media. You can find us at Believe in the Long Run on Instagram and the Long Run 5 on Twitter. You can find all of our updates, our podcast promos, and everything else involved with that as well. And we will have a new episode hopefully next week as well. I just lined up another guest, locked it down here in the next day or so. So look forward to that as well. But you'll see all the updates for that coming up soon as well if you check out those social media accounts. And of course, go back, check out Chris's podcast episode or any of our previous podcast episodes on any of your favorite podcast platforms. That's probably what you're listening to right now. Any one of those could be Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple iTunes, or of course, the Believe.com webpage, plus many more. Check those out, scroll down, check out previous episodes. Or listen to this one on replay. And of course, go share those podcast episodes with your running friends or anyone that's interested in the running community as well. We appreciate all the listens. Don't be afraid to like, subscribe, and share, as I mentioned. And like and comment on our social media posts as well. We love all the listener feedback that we can get. Once again, I decided to try to take on a challenge this month. It's been hit or miss. I think Today is the third day that I haven't joined in on it, but it's called Dez-tober, and I mentioned it in the last podcast episode. It's sponsored by Des Linden and Brooks, and it's to get out and get active every day this month, and you go up with each day of the month. So like today is the 15th, so the original goal is to run 15 miles, but we all know for some of us that isn't feasible, including me. I'm not in that good a shape. Most I've ever ran it at one time is 13 miles, but you could convert that to minutes, or you could convert that to biking miles, or walking, or whatever you want. Des is pretty open. You can check out her social media to see all the rules and regulations, but I participated in most of the days. I think, like I said, this is the third day, possibly, that I have not been involved with it, but go check it out. It's a good activity to stay active, even though... It's here in northern Michigan turning to fall and quite quickly could be turning to winter weather here sooner rather than later. But I know it was almost two weeks ago now, maybe going on three, we had the London Marathon. It happened and it was kind of a quiet marathon, not much media hype behind it, no fans at the races, select few runners there, but America showed up and we showed out. If you haven't looked it up, go check it out. And I made a mistake on the last podcast of mentioning who was there. We will get to the woman finish here in a minute, but it was a big surprise on the men's side as the world record holder, Elude Kipchoge, did not win the London Marathon. He won it 
in 2019. In fact, he would come across in eighth. And it was a battle between Shirak Kitata, Vincent Kimchumba, and Sese Lima. In the end, it would be Kitata winning Kichumba in second, and they had to kind of battle it out to the finish line to decide that one, and it was a pretty exciting finish. I mean, the action during the race wasn't so hot, but towards the end, both the male and female finishes were awesome. And with that being said, we'll move to how the U.S. fared in the marathon. The, the females did a little bit better than the males. The only American male in the race was Jared Ward. And he came across in 17th place in a time of 2.12.38. Not a bad time. He was only s less than seven minutes behind the leader. And that was Katata. And he was, yeah, just under, about three seconds under. So 6.57 back of Katata. And he said well, one thing is he did not get lapped, which... For those of you that listened to the last podcast or looked into it, it was a 19-lap course around a park. The start line went out, they did 19 laps, and the finish line was the same as the starting line. But on the female side of it, and I said that I made a mistake, I know I was a little scatterbrained there for a little bit, but on the women's side, when I said last two weeks ago, I said it was Laura Thweet going, I was wrong. Correction, it was Sarah Hall going. And man, did Sarah Hall have the race of her life. A solid, solid finish, sprint-style finish at the end. Not many times you see a runner basically sprinting the finish of a marathon. Sarah Hall, super strong finish coming to the line. She came from fourth up to second, a podium finish for the Americans. As Bridget Kasagi again takes the win in London, she's been the top female athlete in distance running for the last year or two now she takes it in london sarah hall comes in second ruth kippengedich comes in third from kenya in 2.2205 and a solid solid showing for molly seidel who came across in 2.2513 in sixth place so the americans two in the top six solid performance there on the female side and it was exciting to see the americans do well there very exciting as molly seidel ran her first major marathon had a solid finish, and we'll see what she can do in 2021 with the Olympics. So, good pros and cons. Jared Ward didn't have the marathon that he wanted, but the female side of American distance running showed out. Props to Sarah Hall. Solid finish. PR time. Great job there on the marathon. So, now that we've kind of briefly hit on the marathon, not a lot to talk about, but wanted to give it up to the American girls for having a solid finish. Let's get to our new guest on the podcast. And this girl I'm very jealous of because where she gets to run every day is jaw-dropping with the view she has. And for those of you who don't know, she is a mountain runner or can be considered a trail runner as she'll tell you in the podcast but she's a pro runner for Saucony she's the 2019 mountain world champion she's from Utah now lives in Montana she went to the University of Utah and let me tell you her story is pretty interesting where she came from how she found running and where she's got to now so 
I don't want to be a spoiler. I want you to listen. So let's introduce Grayson Murphy to the podcast. On your mark, get set. Welcome aboard, Grayson. Thank you for taking time to join the podcast and sit down for this interview. Thank you for having me. No problem. And then the first question, how did you get started with running? Um, I, my second year of college, I transferred schools. I was playing um, soccer at a D3 school and just ultimately decided it wasn't a great fit for me. So I transferred and in my new school, um, wanted to be involved in some way still in sports. So I decided to try and walk on to the track team. And they let me walk on with just my soccer background. And that's kind of where it all started. That's pretty crazy. So no running experience before. You just walked on and started running on the college team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I ran plenty on the soccer field. So I think that set me up pretty good. But no uh, structured running experience. Huh, that's pretty cool. That's a cool story. Um, so you mentioned it. You made a couple different stops in colleges um, and then eventually ended up at Utah. How did that kind of happen? Um, yeah, so my second college was where I started running, um, and that kind of took off really quickly. And I, after two years there, I realized that I wanted to be able to use um, this new talent and passion that I had found to uh, explore new heights and also get school paid for and try and get a scholarship. Um, so that's what led me back to Utah, where there's a bigger Pac-12 team at a bigger D1 school, and they had some scholarship money for me, so it's kind of a good fit. And it was back home. I'm from Salt Lake City, so it was just kind of all all the boxes were checked, and it seemed like a good option. All right, yeah, it makes sense. Closer to home, new passion for sure. Yes. So you already mentioned it, um, that you ran, you played soccer at the college level as well. How do you think, or in what ways do you think that kind of helped with your running? Um, I think it gave me, like, a lot of strength in not just forward motion, but uh, more of, like, an athletic strength overall, which I think later on has helped me stay really um, uninjured for the most part, and not have like huge biomechanical issues because I was used to moving in a lot of different ways on the soccer field as opposed to just running straight all the time. Makes sense. Um, when you were at college, which did you like running more, cross country or track? I think cross country. Okay. <laughs> um, what was your favorite race in college? Because I saw you did the 5K, the 10K, some steeplechase. Which one was your favorite? Um, probably steeplechase was really fun because it feels like an obstacle course. Um, but then the 10K was fun because it always felt like it was so low-key. At the beginning, the 5K was definitely my least favorite. <laughs> Because they were so fast, and I don't know if I love that feeling of being super lactic, which I think is why I was drawn to the cross country and the 10K and more of like the strengthy, gritty races. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite moment that stands out from your time running in college? Ooh. 
just Mary in general, just my team and my coach, I think they had a big impact on me. Um, and I wouldn't have had as good of a time at Utah and at Santa Clara, my first uh, running school, without the team and coaches that I had. I think I was really lucky to have um, really great supportive coaches that really um, cultivated like a healthy running environment and then teammates too that were for the most part really genuinely supportive and we all wanted each other to do well um pretty low drama so that was really nice to have that support system throughout yeah for sure so you go from walking on to getting a scholarship and running at utah and then now you go to mountain running how does that (laughs) how does that all come together i just was really drawn to the trails and i um I'd run on trails before and loved it, so figured why wouldn't I try and race on them too if I enjoy it so much. So I think, yeah, that's kind of what led me to dip my toes in trail running last year. And um, it was a pretty short season. It only ended up being uh, July basically through end of November. Um, So I guess I'm still kind of a newbie with the trail stuff, but it was really fun to just kind of jump into that and see what it was like and experience something new. So I hadn't really heard of it until I came across you doing it. So for people that may not know, what kind of, besides obviously it has to deal with a mountain, but what is mountain racing? Um, I mean, I think mountain and trail running are pretty interchangeable depending on who you ask. Because um, in a lot of my... It's kind of up to the race director, I guess, to call it a mountain race or a trail race. It's just whatever they decide sounds cooler, maybe. Because <laughs> they're pretty much the same thing. Okay. Um, the Mountain World Championships, in general, are a little shorter, so like 15K, and probably a little bit steeper. Uh, so they're like under two-hour races. Okay. Where beyond that, you get into like maybe more ultra territory. But I think the word is pretty synonymous with just trail running. Okay. So it's kind of that in between distance from like your standard 5K, 10K to ultra running. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, more like a half marathon probably. Yeah, I got you. Or like time wise. Yeah. You okay. see, I've seen I've seen many pictures of you uh, wearing Team USA and you competed at the World Championships. What does it mean to have your country's name on your jersey when you go out and run? Oh, it's really cool feeling. Um, I still remember the first time I got one of the jerseys, and uh, it was just kind of surreal because you always see it on TV and you see people at the Olympics and stuff. But to have your hands on one and to put it on yourself, it's a really great feeling of kind of accomplishment and pride and. it's a whole other level too in the race of wanting to do well for not only your team but your country. Like your whole country is watching you, and you're there to represent a whole country, which is a cool responsibility to have. Oh, I could only imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in your first year, you won the world championship. What was how special was that? Yeah, it was really cool. I think um, it was very unexpected. For me, at least, I, I mean, who goes into their first world championship expecting to win? Uh, so, yeah, it was really kind of a 
a shock, I think, to me. It took me a while to come around to what it really meant, like weeks after. <laughs> I think I was still kind of processing what happened. But looking back, it was super special, and I'm really grateful that I had the chance to go out and do that and um, to make such a big impression my first year was pretty cool. So what was, you already mentioned that the race is a little bit shorter, but what, how did it kind of play out? What was it, how did it go during that race? Um, yeah, so it was, I think it's 14K and it took hour 20-ish, somewhere in there. Um, and then it wasn't super steep, but there were like a couple stream crossings that actually the day of the race, they turned into more of river crossings because it was a, a really heavy rain that day but everything was kind of flooding um and super muddy uh again many women there were in the race but there's uh the first k was on the road which is kind of my strength with my background in road and track running so i took it out pretty hard and then just from there stayed in front the whole way the rest of the way um it was kind of a surreal experience to run like line to line in the front in such a cool atmosphere and then the addition of all the elements the water and all the mud and rocks was it felt like an adventure race almost you make it sound so easy (laughs) it was well maybe because i was just really happy to be there (laughs) the running part wasn't easy (laughs) well that's the best part right if you're doing something that you enjoy it's a lot it's a lot easier so yeah (laughs) I'm sure the views and, you know, just being in nature alone has to be incredible. Is there some courses or some places that you've enjoyed running more than others? Yeah, I think uh, I got to run Hawaii, the Xterra World Championships. Um, and I've run that one, so it has, like, a good connotation in my head, so I'm sure that's part of it. But I think that's the park is where you run through all these trails in the jungle of Hawaii. And that has to be one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen. Just I've never seen anything like that before. Um, Hawaii is one of a kind. So, yeah, being able to run there, that might have been my favorite. I mean, just coming from a running perspective, running in nature and stuff alone, that's got to take away, be a little bit of a distraction in itself too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot easier when you're in a ton of pain to be able to look up and be on top of a mountain or have a crazy view. Um, I think that's part of what I like about trail running too, is just the you're surrounded by so much beauty and there's so much to be grateful for. It really takes your mind off of the suffering of the race and puts you in more of a place of just gratitude to be out there doing it and enjoying it. Oh yeah, I can all, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'd agree a hundred percent. So do you, other than, do you do other training than just running, like biking or swimming or anything like that? Yeah, I've been doing a little biking this summer. Um, my boyfriend works at a bike shop, so I uh, got a couple new bikes that I, I got kind of obsessed with this summer. But I think it actually is a really good supplement to the running, especially right now when uh, I think we're all kind of just training, not really knowing what is ahead or if there are going to be races anytime soon it's been nice to throw that in not only as cross training which is great and i think it's really good to work different muscle groups but also just as a different 
form of mental stimulus and not always running training. And you can kind of learn a new skill and explore the town in a new way. And on bike, you can go a lot further, so you can see a lot more, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's been fun to kind of add that in as more of a constant in my training week. Yeah, I've, I feel that. I've done a little bit of biking here and there, too. But if I remember right, I think I maybe saw on your story or on a post, you had a little incident with your bike, I think, last weekend or so, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so I wasn't, I was visiting a friend in Flagstaff, and she had a couple bikes, um, but they, the other ones that she had, they were just old kind of beater bikes, so we wanted to do a bike ride, but we didn't. I wasn't sure that this bike was going to make it. And unfortunately, it ended up not making it the whole way. So then I had to run a ways back towards town until she could come pick me up with the car. But it's fun still. Yeah, I got, <laughs> a, good, laugh about. I got a good laugh out of it. Because yeah. it was like, oh, the bike's broke. Well, I'm just going to start yeah. running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I had running shoes on. Because normally, I'm, if I was on my bike, I would have had bike shoes on. I would have been screwed, so. I was lucky that I was actually on a beater bike with tennis shoes on. <laughs> Funny how those things happen sometimes. Yeah. Good memory. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of talked about it already a little bit, but I'm guessing from your answer, you're kind of on the same page of just kind of a wait and see and just kind of putting the basic mileage in for your training right now with everything that's going on. Yeah, I think there might be a, a road race or two beginning of December that I might look at. Um, we're still kind of trying to figure out if they're actually going to happen and if we should count on them um, and invest in training or just, yeah, kind of maintain base until we can get to 2021 and get to more of a predictable year. Yeah, I think everyone's almost in that same boat. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately. Hopefully uh, 2021 comes soon and everything settles down. <laughs> yeah, that's all we can hope for at this point. Other than running and biking and working out, what else do you like to do when you have free time? Oh, um, I really like to read. I'm in school right now, and I, I'm going to get haters for saying this. I really love school, and it's kind of like a hobby almost. Just, I like learning. <laughs> So I love doing my grad school stuff. I think it's really fascinating and looking forward to doing more in that career field too. Um, and just being outside, even if it's just having a picnic or walking around outside, I just like being in nature in any way. No one's going to bully you. You're not going to get any caters <laughs> for that. Perfect. <laughs> some people like school, some people don't. I'm kind of in the middle, so you're good. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll finish with one last question. What is one thing, and this one's kind of a tougher question, so what is one thing that you've taken away from running? Um, I guess I would say it's that there's always a way, and there's more than one way to do it, um, and that it can be applied to like any challenge in life, really. And there's always going to be a way through it, and it might not be the most obvious way or the way that most other people do it but usually there's a way that you can do it that works for you um and i guess i would add addendum to that 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 your way is okay so i know i have like not a 
conventional path to running and um, not a conventional path to pro running, that's for sure. And then even as a pro, I haven't really taken the conventional path where I started in roads and now did trail stuff and then maybe back to roads. And yeah, I think I've just learned that there's not always going to be one way to do it and that that's okay. And you should be proud of whatever your way is too. I think that's a great one. Thanks. So, all right. Well, that's going to end it. Thank you once again for taking time to join the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Once again, thank you, Grayson Murphy, for joining the podcast. That was awesome to get to talk to you, get to know a little bit more about trail running and mountain running and how she got to be the 2019 world champion. Hopefully she continues and will go back-to-back in 2021. We know everything's at a halt now. But if you want to go follow her on social media, you can follow her at Racin Grayson on Instagram. That's Racin, R-A-C-I-N underscore Grayson. Go follow her. We'll follow her journey as well. But she definitely opened my eyes to a new side of the running industry and something that I might want to check out. I always love those mountain views and Go check out her Instagram to see some of the places she's ran because it is just inspiring but just amazing as well. So thank you for taking time to join us, Grayson. Just another great guest we've had on the podcast. We're on a little bit of a roll. we got at least one more lined up. We're going to try to continue on with it. I like the role that we've got on here of late. And once again, just want to remind you to go check out our social media as well at Believe in the Long Run on Instagram and the Long Run 5 on Twitter. Go follow our social media, like, subscribe, and comment so that way you can stay up to date with all of our postings on who's going to be on our podcast, any updates we may have, and you can see all of our previous guests as well. While you're there, also go check out some of our previous podcast episodes. You can find us on all the major podcast platforms. Just search Believe in the Long Run and it'll pop up for you. Go check out some of our previous guests. Share this episode. Share some of our other ones. Get other people listening to our podcast. And we'll continue to grow this thing all the way up to the top. Let's make this a major podcast. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you once again, Grayson, for joining us. We'll see you next week. We're going to get this train back on track with every week podcasts. Got a little distracted with a few things going on in my coaching schedule, but we're going to get it back on track. We're going to get great guests in here, and we're going to get back on a roll. So stay safe, everyone. Get out there. Join the Des Tober Challenge, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.